Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. I'm going to continue our series, our January series called Shaping History. And uh, the title of the message today is Preparing for a world-changing outpouring. I have a shirt that says grandeur today, and I think that is uh, befitting of my title. That is a very grandeur title, preparing for a world-changing outpouring. How many of you would like to prepare to see God release an unprecedented move of the Spirit on our nation, on our city, on the planet Well, I know he's listening today. Lord, we know you hear us. Let us pray for a moment. Lord, we know you hear us. We know you hear us, Lord. We know you're listening when we pray. You are a faithful father. You are good. You are good. We hold fast to the revelation of the truth that you, Father, are good. You are good, and there is no one like you. There's none beside you. You and you alone are holy and are worthy to be worshiped. So we give you everything today. We give you our heart and our soul. We give you our ego. We give you our pride. We give you our arrogance. We give you our plans. And Lord, we just kick off today by repenting, saying, forgive us for any way and in any place that we've put ourselves before you. I just saw a picture this morning in the worship of taking the keys, the keys to my life, the keys to this building, the keys to my ministry, the keys to my calling, the keys to my knowledge and revelation and anointing anointing and anything else that is mine and just giving it to Jesus saying, Jesus, listen, I am sorry for any way that I've tried to steer this thing. Because this belongs to you. My life belongs to you. You purchased it on the cross. You purchased it in your own blood. You purchased it by your own body. And it belongs to you. And I surrender and I give it over to you. And I repent and I say it's yours. So we collectively as a church this morning just say it's yours. It's yours. We belong to you. This church belongs to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, I don't know about you, but I'm just so grateful for our worship team. Um, Tasty, thank you so much. It's good to see you. And so grateful for our worship team leading us this morning. Amen? Amen. Well, let's get started here. I want to talk to you about preparing and outpouring. And so as I do that, um, I really just want us to consider what it means to prepare. Okay? What it means to prepare. Um, Last week we talked about fasting and we're going to kick off today in our 21 day corporate church wide fast. How many of you guys are ready for that? You're like, (laughs) well, um, I get it because fasting is hard. Can we just establish this fact? Fasting is hard. But as we talked about last week, it is the one thing that sets world changers apart. I'm telling you, it does. World changers by nature are not selfish people. They're not. 
And selfish people don't fast. They don't. But we are laying down again on the altar of sacrifice. And we're saying, here we are, Lord. We are going to fast and we're going to believe and we're going to trust you to move. We are preparing our hearts. We are preparing our spirits. We are preparing our church for an unprecedented outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We want it. We depend on it. We crave it. We desire it. We're asking for it. Therefore, we are fasting to prepare for it. I know everybody says, I want a move of God, but are we willing to move? Are we willing to move our hearts so that God's heart could be moved and move in this house in an unprecedented way? And that is a big part of what fasting does. We are preparing for a big year. We're preparing for a year of inhabitation and we're preparing for a year of unprecedented intimacy. Amen. Will you receive that proclamation? We are preparing for a year of inhabitation. We're going to go in. We are going in. We are possessing the gates of the enemy. We are possessing the lands of our promises. Amen. It's a year of inhabitation, and it's also a year of unprecedented intimacy. We're believing God for an unprecedented outpouring. I'm believing God for encounters. I'm believing God for words in prayer. I'm believing God for revelation from his word. Amen. Amen. Dreams, visions, all that. And we're going to get into that today. And so that's what fasting does. Fasting prepares us. And fasting is how Jesus prepared for his breakout year too. Do you guys know that? Like right before Jesus just broke out, he went on a long fast. And that's how God prepares his prophets. In wildernesses with a fast. So if 2020 felt like a wilderness for you, <laughs> shout out 2020. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> it's a wilderness season for a lot of us. You know, we have to understand it's a preparation season for a lot of us. God's getting ready to pour out an unprecedented anointing on us. We've been faithful in the wilderness and we're going to fast. And we're going to say, God, we're ready for this. And so fasting prepares us for ministry, for our assignment, for our calling, for what God's called us to do in our career. But it also prepares us for outpouring, both personally and corporately. That's what fasting prepares us for. And so I'm praying, I'm fasting. Uh, we're going to begin. I'm beginning. I'm, be I'm starting tonight at 6 p.m. Okay, that's when I'm starting. So if some of you guys were like, I didn't eat breakfast today, but you want to eat lunch, and you're going to be like, the pastor said he's starting at 6, so I'm going to Chipotle after this. Hey, listen, that's between you and the Lord, but that's what I'm doing, okay? I'm starting tonight at 6, and I'm going to start with some full fasting. This is what I'm doing, starting with full fasting, so that's liquids only. You choose, you be led, you choose. Uh, I'm not going to do the entire 21 days, uh, but after some time, I'm going to go into a Daniel fast, and I know there are different rules uh, on Daniel fasting. You do what you're led to do, but ultimately just do this. If you want a Daniel fast with me, no meats, no sweets. <laughs> and they're adding, but I didn't say that. So I can have cheese if I want to. Hey, I mean, you could have queso and chips, I suppose, couldn't you? Nope, everybody here is like, nope, nope. I like that energy. Keep me accountable. Um, listen, the fastest way 
to get on fire for God is to fast. Can I say that again? The fastest, you got it, way to get on fire for God is to fast. If you want things to go faster, the Lord gave us a strategy. Man, I sure wish things would speed up around here well fast. <laughs> All right, I got to read a scripture and uh, get started because with Tasty up here and me just ranting, I, we're not going to get anywhere, okay? Okay, let's read, a, let's read a scripture real quick. Habakkuk 2 and 14. When's the last time you heard Habakkuk? That's good, man. Habakkuk 2 and 14. This is not really the whole passage that we're going to read today, but I just had to get started with this. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What part of the sea do the waters not cover? Wow. You ever, you ever ask yourself reading that? As the waters cover the sea. Hold on, wait, Lord. I thought the whole sea was wet. It is. Wow. So we read here the truth in God's word is that God has a desire for the whole planet to be filled up to overflow with the presence of God, with the unfiltered, raw glory of God, the undeniable, tangible glory of the King of Heaven. God desires that the whole earth would be filled with what? The knowledge of the glory, right? So what is that word knowledge? This is not mental agreement. Okay, I know it seems as such on the surface, but if you dive deeper, the Hebrew word is yada, which is the experiential, intimate way of knowing. So whenever Adam knew Eve and they had a kid, the word there is yada. And we don't need to explain that, do we? Adam knew his bride Eve there was an intimate, experiential knowledge, and that's the type of knowledge that God desires for the whole planet to have about His presence. That they would all have encounters, that they would all have dreams and visions and experiences, and they would all be touched on a personal level in an undeniable way to say, I have met with God. It's not just religion that I've heard about. I have seen God for myself. It's not just some practices that, you know, I could go through the motions to try to be a good moral person. No, I've had a real encounter, a real experience with the living God. So how many guys want that? I want that. And that is the outpouring that we are preparing for. It is both personal and corporate revival. And everybody said, amen. Awesome. Tasty, I'll let you go now because I'm going to dive into a longer scripture. And I'm afraid if you don't stop playing, I'll end up on the floor. And I'm already feeling 
saucy. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's hard to pull it together in here. Would you guys agree? <laughs> I remember, so I remember, I got to say this real quick one time. Uh, we had just had a worship night, and it was in Kentucky at my dad's church, and they were trying to film announcements after the worship night. And so, and it was not going well. And I remember my brother, he was Jordan, he was on the camera, and he couldn't get through the announcements because he kept getting hit by the joy of the Lord. And so he just kept laughing, and then finally in the announcements, this actually went out. He said, he laughed, and he said, it's just so funny in here. And I... And, you know, that really is a byproduct of the presence, right? Right? The fullness of joy is in God's presence, right? We know that from the Psalms, right? And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So, I don't know. That's a side note. Joel chapter 2, verse 23 through 29. It's kind of a lot of scripture. Are you guys cool with it? Kind of a lot of scripture, okay? But the reason I'm reading this is because it's all about an outpouring that was prophesied over the people of God that we are now living in. Amen? Okay, so we're going to read this together. It's Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Be glad. There we see joy again. Look at your neighbor and say, be glad. Doesn't that just fly right in the face of Satan this week? That we would choose joy. That we would choose the fruit of the Spirit. That we would choose the posture of the Father. We know Psalm chapter 2 says, He who sits in the heavens laughs. Wow. Give us your perspective, Lord. Oh, children of Zion. He's talking about Israel, but, you know, this was also written for us so that we can say, that's us. Right? And rejoice. There it is again. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain. This is a picture of the Spirit. The early and the latter rain as before. Now, I know that right there we kind of have heard before. Where have we heard that before? Oh, yeah, I remember Acts chapter 2 when the apostle Peter stood up and he gave the very first sermon of the early church. He quoted Joel chapter uh, 2 and 3. Do you guys remember this? This is what happened. Uh, Joel chapter 2, he said, The former and the latter rain, that's what we oftentimes remember this passage as saying, poured down for you abundant rain, the earlier, everybody say the former. So that's kind of like the, uh, the rains of the fall, okay? Fall as in a season of time. The fall and the latter, and that's kind of like the rains of the spring, okay? Uh, as before. And what Joel is prophesying here is that you're going to experience a double portion of outpouring. He said, you remember how whenever you're, you're sowing seed and you're preparing, when you're farming and you're preparing for a harvest, and then you experience the rains around harvest time, you know that early rain that you experienced? Well, then you also remember that spring rain, that latter rain that you experience when you sow. Well, my prophetic word for you is there's going to be a double portion of outpouring. It's not just going to be the rain that you experienced last year, and it's not just going to be the rain that you expect this year. It's going to be a double portion. Both the former and the latter rain is going to come together, and I'm going to pour out over you an abundance of the Spirit. 
We know that this is what is being uh, said and shared by Joel because this is what Peter refers to when he talks in Acts chapter 2 about the outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He literally quotes this passage and he says, you guys wondering what this is? I know you guys think this is wild. Like there's people pouring out onto the streets speaking in an unknown tongue and everybody's scratching their head like what in the world is happening? Obviously this is awesome, but it's completely unexplainable. And then Peter stands up and he's like, Joel said... You see what I'm saying? Joel said there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and it's not going to be like anything you saw before. What you saw before was awesome. And I know you're also expecting in the future for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but take what you expect and take what you've experienced and slam it together, and you still cannot even define the abundance of the Spirit that's going to be poured out on you all together coming soon. I mean, how awesome is that? Does that, not, does that like stoke your expectation? Like think about all the encounters that you've had with God before. The encounter that's coming is way better than that. I say this often, but it's true. Whatever awesome thing God has done in your past, he has plans to outdo himself. We go from glory to glory to glory. Whatever encounter you've had in your past, just get ready because something greater is coming. And it's greater than what you expect. Anybody getting anything out of this so far? Okay, all right, I couldn't tell. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. Now, this is about resources. Somebody say money. money. Can I go there in January? Yes. I know this ain't our financial series, but listen, it's still part of the Word of God. Yes. It is. All right, the threshing floor shall be full of grain. How many of you guys would like to say that about your bank accounts? Yeah. Let's go. The vats shall overflow with wine and with oil. Yeah, that's it. Yes, Lord. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper. Now we're getting into restoration. How many of you guys had some things stolen from you in 2020? Well, God's talking about restoration. He said, listen, whenever this outpouring comes, it ain't just going to be about the spirit. It's also going to include healing, but not just healing of your body, but also healing of your money. Oh, Y'all didn't come to preach like I came to preach this morning, did you? I'm going to rejoice over this word. The destroyer and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat in the plenty and you shall be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is none else. Wow. And my people shall never again be put to shame. Now get this, because we're talking about preparing for an outpouring, right? Preparing for a world-changing outpouring. The Lord will pour out His Spirit. <laughs> Let's go. And it shall come to pass afterward. Everybody say afterward. After what? We're going to get into that in just a second. Afterward. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Yeah. It just got saucy again for me. <laughs> and I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Anybody who said only dudes could prophesy is a lie. Uh, your son and your daughters. Come on, women in ministry. Come on, women of God. And your old men shall dream dreams. Yep. Are you still dreaming dreams? then you ain't old yet. You're still young. 
Dreaming dreams, your young men shall see visions. If you're still, if you're still seeing visions, you're still young. That's what I meant. Even on the male and the female servants, in those days I will pour, everybody say outpouring. outpouring. Pour out my spirit. Now what a prophecy about God's outpouring of his glory, of his presence, of his experiential, tangible, intimate knowledge that he wants us to have with him personally. Not with religion, not just with, uh, you know, good words, but also with him as a good person, the person of God. We're going to have that experience personally. And uh, I want to look at Joel 2 and 28 because I want to make sure that we're real clear about what Peter said in Acts chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2, 28, it says, and afterward, everybody say afterward. It's important. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And here's what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, which I think is wonderful. So in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Okay, now what was the difference between the two prophecies? All right, go back to the first one real quick. Afterward, now go to the next one real quick. Last days, right? So what we see here, somebody sent me, I, I do like uh, Q&A sometimes. It's more question and response, but like on Instagram every now and then. And people said, are we living in the last days? Well, Peter said we were. Right, okay. So the last days got started when the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church in Acts chapter 2. Because what, what Joel was doing is he was saying, hey, look, we're going to need to prepare for an outpouring. That's what he was saying. He said, we need to prepare, church, for an outpouring. We need to prepare people of God for an outpouring. And then what happened? Literal hundreds, centuries later, there was an outpouring, which I think is really important to point out because prayer and prophecy require patience. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11 at the hall of faith, you see all of these people prophesied and yet died before they saw the fullness of their prophetic words come to pass. Right? So I know in this season a lot of people are uh, they're really jostling with the value of prophecy. Just hold on. Just have, just have patience knowing that when you pray and when you prophesy by the Spirit of God, God is not a man that he should lie. All right? He'll bring his word to pass in his own way, in his own time. His ways are so far above our ways. His thoughts are so far above our thoughts. We don't always know what he's doing, but we trust what he's doing. And we say, look, even if I don't see what I expected to see, I'm going to be patient and wait because I know what God has for me is better than what I've experienced and it's better than what I expected. He's going to bring the former and the latter all together and there's going to be an abundance of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when that time comes, I'm going to experience it, and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to say, yes, this is amazing, God. That's what Peter did in Acts chapter 2. He's like, he stood up, which I love his boldness, right? Because he literally preaches a sermon to the exact same people that crucified Jesus just like a few weeks previous, right? He was fishing naked in fear whenever, you know, Jesus was crucified, right? You guys remember that? That's what, that was what was happening, right? And, uh, and then instead of fear, this time he's empowered by what? He's empowered by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so he stands up in front of the same people that could have him crucified. And he says, I'm going to proclaim to you the word of God. 
So, so we see like this, this empowerment. Listen, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to shrink back on that. I'm going to encourage that. I'm going to push that because there's power in that. There's power in that. We need it. We, we need it. And that's what Joel's telling us that we're going to experience. And that's why Peter says, okay, it's not afterward anymore. It's now. That's what's happening. He said, it's now. It's now. So Joel says afterward, Peter says, it's the last days. And so what he's proclaiming, that what Joel prophesied, you can now experience. It's now for you. It's, it's now there is an outpouring. But in order to experience that outpouring, they had to prepare for that outpouring. And that's where I want to go back to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, where we said, and afterward. Everybody say afterward. Afterward, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that kind of outpouring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that our world needs that kind of outpouring. I think that our city, Nashville, needs that kind of outpouring. Would you guys agree? I think that our nation needs that type of outpouring. I, I will even say this. Listen, our church needs that type of outpouring. I know that there's a lot going on in the nation right now, but listen, as, as the, I, this is what Dr. Tony Evans said. He said, as the church house goes, the White House goes. Like, we got to get it right in here. We need an unprecedented move of the Spirit right here in the church, right? We need this. Well, we, we have to prepare for it. And that's exactly what Joel is mentioning here as he says afterward. Because the reason why Joel says afterward is because Joel chapter 1, if you go back, I can give you guys some homework. Unless you're doing 30-day shred right now, in which case, just read that. I mean, that's you got enough Bible. Uh, you know, go back to Joe chapter 1. Here's what he said, verse 114. He says, Consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. Right? So that's what Joel is telling us, which is so important when we read Joel chapter 2, and he says, and afterward, because what does he mean by afterward? After the fast. He says, listen, I'm going to show you how to prepare for an unprecedented outpouring of the Spirit for both personal and corporate revival. You want the former rain and the latter rain to come together and pour out over your life? Let me show you how to prepare for that. That's what's happening. So he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fast. We are going to fast. We are going to prepare our hearts. We're going to put our idols on the altar. We're going to say, God, forgive us. For our pride. Forgive us for our ego. It's hard to be arrogant and fast. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wait till day three. You get real hungry. All that ego, it just seems to go away. I don't know what it is about that. Listen, fasting doesn't necessarily make you more spiritual, but it sure does make you less fleshy. <laughs> right? So it, it, you, start, you, you start to get more clear. You start to hear the Lord a little bit better. And that's what you're going to experience over these next 21 days. And that's why Joel was saying, listen, you need to prepare for an outpouring. So he said, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord, your God, and cry out to the Lord. So God tells Joel to proclaim a fast. Why? Number one, the reason why God says this is to prepare for an unprecedented outpouring of God's Spirit. We see that in verse 28. But also there's a second reason. You guys seeing this? I think you're seeing this, yeah. Because the land was desolate. Right? That's, that's why he said there's going to be all this restoration. Because he was very well aware of what had taken place on the land, right? And I think we could all look out and see what's going on in our world and say, 
We need some restoration. Can we all agree? We need some restoration. Well, look, look at God. Look at God's word. He said, listen, prepare. When you prepare, you're not just preparing for revival, but you're also preparing for healing and restoration for the land. See, the fast is not just for you. I know fasting is very personal because it hurts on a personal level. But when you fast, you're not just fasting for yourself. You're fasting also for your family. You're fasting for your church. You're, you're fasting for your neighbors. You're fasting for lost people. You're fasting for your city. You're fasting for your nation. You're fasting so that God would bring healing. And that's why God said, I want you to proclaim this fast. Because Joel sees what we see. He knows, just like we know, that our nation needs a couple of very important things. Number one, we need an unprecedented outpouring of God's Spirit. Amen? And number two, our land needs healing and wholeness. Amen? So we are preparing for this by fasting. So i got some points here for you about preparing, and I think these are really good. They all come out of one verse of Scripture, which is verse 14. All right? So in Joel, God teaches us how to prepare for outpouring. All right? So point number one. Number one is this. Consecrate yourself. Everybody say consecrate. consecrate. This is important. Set aside a holy and sacred time to fast and pray. Seek God return to him. This is what consecration literally means, to set apart. Okay? So whenever God says, I want you to consecrate a time to me, God is saying, I want you to set apart a time for me to fast. To fast, to pray, and to seek me. I want this to be the sole focus of your season of consecration. So I know that for a lot of us, we're going to push away the plate in some way, shape, or form. But I want to encourage you, whatever it is that is causing your heart pain and anguish and for you to lose what God came to bring you, meaning a stable mind. All right? I want you to consider prayerfully taking some time off of whatever that is. If that's binging Netflix, if that's, you know, playing a game on your phone, if that's, you know, if that's reading the news. I don't know what it is, but if there's something in your life right now that is very consistently causing a dark cloud to follow you around all day, just consider this consecration time is the time we're going to put that away. All right? Uh, so, sometimes for it's honestly, I, can I tell you, can I just be real for a second? Listen, I, I have gone through, I'm, I'm kind of sad to say this, but I'm admitting it publicly. I have muted everybody on my social media that's saying things that I'm like, just grieves me. Yeah. I just muted them all. I didn't unfollow them because I'm like, you know, you know, we're just in a weird season, you know. <laughs> but I just mute, I just mute them because you know what? I, I, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm getting my coffee and I open my social media and then I'm just pissed for like two hours. Anybody else? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, I can't believe they would say that. I'm going to call them and correct them. You know? You know what I'm talking about, right? And so I'm just saying, just consider, just consider maybe shutting that down for a little bit. Maybe just, and I'm not saying get off social media, but maybe it's muting people that you know when you read their post every single time you're infuriated. Right? Maybe. Maybe it's not reading the news. Maybe it's not reading the newspaper. Maybe it's not turning on the news. I don't know. I mean, I know for a lot of people that's causing them a lot of, I'm angry, you know, and I get it. 
Because there's so much for folks to be angry about. I get it. But maybe consider this is a season of consecration. So I'm not going to give any passion to the news that I'm going to reserve for God. All right? So it's saying, look, I'm consecrated. I am consecrated. That's what I'm doing. I'm consecrating myself. All right? So point number two comes from that same phrase, consecrate a fast. Number two is make the fast the priority. Every other activity must take second place during this sacred season. Listen, I know you're going to, here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to distract yourself because you're hungry. And I get it. I, I did a long fast last year and uh, every night I got on YouTube and I watched this channel called Google Foods and he cooks steaks. All right. Listen, I ain't doing it this year. <laughs> I can't wait till I break this fast. <laughs> You know, and so he would be making mac and cheese and stuff, you know, and now I know I can't do that, you know, because I'm going to follow point two and I'm going to make the fast a priority. And so one of the ways you can make the fast a priority when you get real hungry, read the word. We know Jesus is the bread of life, you know, get a glass of water and, and, uh, you know, feast on the word for a little bit. All right. Point three. Now, this is important. Gather the elders. Joel said, gather the elders. So point three, especially, you'll fast, especially if you're a leader or you're called to leadership. If you're thinking to yourself right now, you know, I would fast, uh, but I'm not a leader. And I want to be a leader, but I just haven't been recognized yet. Then fast in the way you know we're calling our leadership to fast. Prepare yourself. Say, man, I'm going to fast with you, pastor. I got you. I'm with you. Staff team, I'm with you. Small group leader, I'm with you. How are you fasting? I'm going to fast with you because I'm called to leadership. I'm a world changer. I'm called to impact. I'm called to influence. I'm called to make a difference for the kingdom of Jesus. I'm going to fast too. All right? So if you're called to leadership, fast. I want leaders in here. If you're a leader, you're like, that's me. I want you to take special responsibility, uh, supreme responsibility to lead this body in this season. I want you to lead us. All right? Lead us. Take the responsibility. Say, now I'm going to step to the forefront of what my church is doing, and I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast, although every single person is included, right? Because he said, gather the elders and all of the inhabitants, okay? So don't think just because you're not a leader and you don't feel a call to leadership in this season, if you, if you just keep coming back, you, eventually you're going to feel that call. But if you're like, and I don't just mean ministry. I'm saying in general, in life, okay, to, to, to lead people. If, if that's you, listen, you're included. You're included. You are included in this, okay? So Get involved and be a part. Uh, point number four, right? And he said, get all of the inhabitants, all of the inhabitants, right? Come into unity. Wow. Come into unity. Listen, I, there's a lot. If we were to go around here today, there'd be so many disagreements just between the people that are in this room. And it's not a time right now. It's not a time for us, family, to focus on what we disagree on. It's really not. Like, if you can do that peacefully, you know, that, I, I'm really proud of you for that. Because there's a lot of people who can't these days. But listen, uh, let's make it a time we focus on Jesus. The person of Jesus is the solution for, for division. Just focusing on the person of Jesus. Let's rally around the blood of Jesus. Let's rally around the body of Jesus. Let's rally around the cross. Listen, it's hard to see all of the divisions and the things that upset us when we look through the lens of the cross. 
because we see the brokenness of our Savior. We see the blood that was poured out for our healing and our salvation. We see his body that was broken by his stripes. We are healed. Like, let's look at Jesus and come back into unity. Number five, and I know it's a tough one for a lot of folks, not for you guys because you're here, but it says, get all of the inhabitants of the Lord where? Where? Joe literally says that. To the house of the Lord your God. So during the fast, listen, during the fast over the next 21 days, I want to challenge you if I can. Can I challenge you? Come to church every week. Just come every week. And if you can't, just watch online. Okay, I know some, some folks that can't. Uh, and if you can't, just watch online. Okay, be here. Be a part. Get in the house of the Lord in the way that you can and, and stay committed, especially next week. You know why? Next week, Eric Johnson's going to be with us. And uh, it's going to be a powerful, it's going to be a powerful week. You're not going to want to miss it. Okay, last thing, point six. Point six is this. Cry out to God together. All right? That's the last thing he says. And cry out to the Lord. It is absolutely okay to weep and to mourn over where we are because we want to feel what God feels. We want to feel what God feels. What do you think is going on in the heart of God today? Over the division of his church and the arguments and the fights and the breaking of relationships and marriages and friendships and all these stuff that, that's happening in our, in our world today. We want to feel what God feels and we want to join the spirit. And we want to cry out with him. You know, fasting all throughout the scripture is very closely associated with mourning. Right. And, and that's why you see um, you see the way Daniel prepares, which I think is really cool. Daniel chapter 3. 9 verse 3 says and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes right that's that's what Daniel chose to do which I think is quite interesting because we see here a revelation of Daniel's maturity and what I mean by that is Daniel is actually reading the scroll of Isaiah okay so he's reading about prophecies that that uh, excuse me Jeremiah I'm so sorry it's another uh, you know, I got two kids named Isaiah and Jeremiah, so they just go together. Um, but Daniel is reading the scroll of Jeremiah, and he is hearing about the prophecies as to when the time will come that Israel will return to their land. And Daniel becomes aware that this is what God has spoken. So he said, look, it is fixed. It is what it is. Even if I argue with it, it's still going to come to pass. If Even if I don't pray, it's still going to come to pass. But you know what Daniel does? He prays anyway. And that's what world changers do. World changers respond. Even if you're thinking, man, it doesn't matter if I pray and fast. God's going to do whatever he wants to do anyway. That is not the response of the mature. That's not the response of a world changer. That's not how Daniel responded. Daniel saw the prophetic words that Jeremiah had released, and he said, I am going to set my face. That's what he said. He said, I am going to set my face. And that's the energy that you need to be fueled by for this fast. You say, I am going to set my face. I don't care what this person said, what that person said. You know, I, I believe for my promises. I believe for my prophetic words. But no matter what happens, I am going to consecrate myself and I'm going to set my face. And there is nothing that is going to stop me from seeking the Lord God. And if you take no spiritual action, do not complain when there's no actual restoration. Don't do it. You personally take responsibility. That's what world changers do. And our best response, our best response, 
Our best response to the world's chaos is always to fast, pray, and study the scriptures. To fast, pray, and study the scriptures. Just go back to the foundations. Go back to the basics. Say, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to study the scriptures. I'm going to set my face unto the Lord God. I'm going to seek him by prayer and supplications. That's intercession. That's fasting. And in some cases, with sackcloth and with ashes. Meaning, I'm going to weep. I'm going to mourn. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to let myself feel what God feels. I'm going to be brokenhearted if I need be. And it's all acceptable. Because I am setting my face to the Lord. Amen. Um, I, I want to I I give you an extra, tell you a story, and I'll get you out of here. Is that fine? Okay, just an extra real quick. I didn't know if I was going to get there. I put it in my notes on the last page because it's an extra. But I just think it, it's, it's both preparing and outpouring, and I think it deserves being shared. Okay, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. We all know this passage of Scripture. If, everybody say if. Hold on, wait, you mean I got some personal responsibility here? Just going to let that sit for a second. If, everybody say if. If my people, who's that? Do you belong to God? So it's talking about you. If my people who are called by my name will what? And what? Pray. And what? And what? Then what's going to happen? And? And? That's, that is a promise. Like, we don't even get to vote on this. Like, God said, it's true, it's going to happen, that's the way it goes. But if, right? So if, so what do you got to do? What do we have to do collectively and what do you have to do personally in your own prayer and private time and fasting and seeking God? Number one, you have to humble yourself. Number two, you have to pray and seek God's face. Number three, you have to repent from your wicked ways. Then what's going to happen? Then God will forgive our sins and heal our land. Do not be the individual that says, nope, I know what God needs to do. I'm not going to humble myself. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay in, in my thoughts and my ways. And I'm just going to stay angry at the Lord for not doing what I wanted him to do. Don't embrace that. Humble yourself. Pray and seek God's face. Then repent. And then ask the Lord, God, what's my wicked ways? Because I'm going to turn from them. I'm going to kick them out of the house. They don't belong here. They're getting evicted after this. It's over. And then God will come. He will forgive our sins. He will heal our land. Listen, some bonds can only be loosed by fasting and prayer. That's just the way it goes. That, that's why, that's why the, the disciples, they were trying to cast that demon out of that boy. And, uh, and he said, man, we couldn't cast them out. He said, well, some only going to come out by what? Some of us have been praying, asking the Lord to drive a demon out. Let's just get practical for a second. To drive something out of our life, to drive something out of our family, to drive something out of, you know, out of our world. Fast. Have you tried it? Give it a shot. If we'll do what God has asked us to do, he'll do what he said he'll do. He will. So I, I want to tell you guys a story about fasting. And we'll we're going to close with this story. So um, this is a good story. It's a personal story. So when, I, I'm probably not going to make it through it. It's going to be rough. But we're going to try. So um, when, when, uh, when we got pregnant with Remy, I love that people say that. It's really my wife that got pregnant. <laughs> 
She was in labor. I was having a snack. <laughs> Another contraption? <laughs> you guys got it. We're, we're clueless. You get, the, you get the point? We're clueless. So, you know, yeah, Allison was pregnant with Remy. And, uh, you know, Remy's name is Jeremiah. And so we were having trouble with Remy uh, flipping over. She didn't want to flip over, you know, so that she could come out properly. And um, we had gotten into that real crunchy style of birth, you know, like we're going to give at a birthing center. Then we were going to do home birth with the last one. We've progressively become more hippies over time. Um, and um, so we were going to go to a birthing center um, and... And every time we go back, they say, man, the baby hasn't flipped. And we're sorry to tell you that baby hasn't flipped. And, um, and, then, and then they told us, they said, well, here's the thing. We're going to have to do some, you know, some procedures that are going to be painful for your wife. And if that doesn't work, then, then we're going to have to, you know, schedule a C-section. You're not going to be able to give uh, birth here where you plan. You're going to lose this money. And we didn't have the appropriate insurance at the time to pay for the emergency C-section. And somebody told me, that's going to be, you're going to go into debt like $30,000. And, and so we had had this plan, you know, it was like our perfect plan. Like it's going to be amazing. Baby and co. They got like, it's like restoration heart. It's like giving birth in a restoration hardware. It's, it's amazing. Okay. Um, it's super cool. And so we had had this glorious plan. Like, this is going to be our experience, and it's going to be so wonderful. And every time we kept going, they said, man, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. You know, I'm sorry. You guys are going to have to schedule this. this you're going to have to go to the hospital. Everything's going to be, your plan is going to be messed up. And um, there was something about it. I just, it just didn't sit right with me. And I know we had those experiences from time to time, but, it, you know, and they were trying to give us the worst possible scenarios right they're saying oh well that baby could get caught this thing could happen if you try to give birth it could suffocate the baby that could come out with brain damage you know they're giving us all these terrible worst case scenarios right uh because the basically remy was like what they call frank breach which is upside down and the, the feet on the face right so some of you guys know about that and so they're giving us all these terrible scenarios and um and and and, and they told us they said if, if she doesn't turn by this time next week then we're gonna we're gonna send you to vandy right and it was just, we had heard this news too many times in a row. And I just felt, I just, I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just like something rose up in me. I was like, no, yeah. we ain't doing this. Yeah. So I remember we, we left that appointment and I dropped Allison off at the house. And I said, I'm leaving. <laughs> she said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to church. And so I came up here by myself. And I remember I was right there. I was walking that aisle. And I was like, Lord. I say no to this. And you tell me what you need for me. And it's not that I had to pay him or anything like that, but I just said, what, what do you want me to do? Because I will be obedient. And even if nothing changes, and even if we go to Vandy and go through the whole C-section process and all that stuff, it, you know, I, I will trust you. But I need to position myself. And this is what I want. I say no to this. I say we're going to have... The birth at that place, and Allison's going to be fine, and the baby's going to be fine, and everybody's going to be healthy, and I say no to that. Yeah. And I felt like the Lord brought me to this, this uh, word in um, when it was Elijah, when he said, eat and be strengthened, because you're about to embark on a long fast. Wow. And that's what I heard. 
And I said, Lord, you want me to fast and pray? I want you to fast and pray. Okay. And I felt like he said, eat and be strengthened. So I said, so you want me to get like a last meal or something? Because <laughs> that's a word I got. So I went to Moss Tacos. And I said, Lord, if we're about to fast, I'm going out with some fish tacos, boy. And uh, so we went and got some fish tacos. I ate them right here in the sanctuary. I'm like, all right, Lord, it be, you know, be, eat and be strengthened. And from that moment forward, you know, I said, I'm not going to eat again until you tell me to eat. And we had no idea, you know, when this kid was going to be born, right? And, and so fasting, you know, get three days in. And I'm thinking, man, we could use some good news right now. I'm feeling kind of hungry. You know, we get seven days in. I'm thinking, man, it would be great if they would give us a good report. I'm feeling hungry. We get 10 days in, and they're like, man, Lord, I'm praying. And I remember Allison was getting mad at me because I wouldn't stop fasting. And uh, I would always be sitting around because I was tired. And she was pregnant. She's like, you're going to have to get up, man. You're going to have to ask the Lord for some strength. you got to clean this house. <laughs> I got a soak <laughs> where you need to get out of the prayer closet and get in here and help me with dinner. And I remember one day I was downstairs, I was laying down, and I was just soaking, I was praying. I was saying, Lord, I'll just do this as long as you want me to do it. So I don't care. And I remember he said, your daughter needs to know that when she was born, this is what you were doing. Wow. That you didn't stop. Wow. That you were given to a season of consecration. And when she comes out, that's when, that's what, she's going to find her father wow. consecrated unto me. That's what she's going to experience. She's going to remember this her whole life. And he said, you think that the people that you love have been devoted. You think Heidi's been devoted. You haven't seen anything. Because that's going to be the lifestyle of your daughter. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going. Every time I want to stop, every time, look, the Lord would just give me more strength. And we went in, and it was like 10, 10 days in. And they were like, she's flipped. <laughs> I was like, yes, you know, I was so pumped. I was like, yes, probably going to eat. <laughs> Lord was like, not yet. I was like, come on, God. She flipped and said, nope, you're not going to eat. So on, I remember on the 12th day, woke up and Allison was like, I feel like my water just broke. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like. It's not like the movies, y'all. I'm just going to say that right now. You know, the movies make it to be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, maybe we should go in. Are you having, are you, having uh, you know, any pain? And they said, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. So we call. We go in. And, and they're like, yeah, you're, you're in labor. You know, your water's broken. You know, it's, the baby's coming. And are you okay? She said, yeah, I'm fine. You're not in any pain? No, I'm not in any pain or anything. I said, well, you want to go to Whole Foods? I swear. I swear. Yeah. And we went to Whole Foods. My wife was in active labor. And we were walking around Whole Foods. And I said, well, you want me to get you something from the hot bar? So I was filling up the food. I said, man, I wish this was for me. But I got me a chocolate coconut water. Walking around Whole Foods. 
we got to get this baby out of here. Dad is hungry. And, um, and, and we were, I remember we were driving back from Whole Foods, and I, I asked her this morning, I said, tell me, did I, is this what I said? You remember this? So we were driving back from Whole Foods. We were going to Baby & Co. Because I, she was having a, she was having a, a contraction next to the, the Waterloo. You know, that sparkling water. And she was like, Ugh. She's like in Whole Foods having a contraction. And we saw people. We literally saw, I think we saw Sarah. Hey, you're just having a contraction over here by the, by the Waterloo. <laughs> it's good. Um, and we're driving back and we're in the, we're in the car. And I, I remember we felt peace. I mean, like you wouldn't think that because it's like a baby about to pop out. And that's, that's pretty chaotic in general but like we were driving I remember like we just kind of held hands and I remember I I said uh, our fighting is finished it's now time to receive our gift we we prepared I, I, I felt it I mean I'm telling you I felt it in the spirit I said the fighting's finished the, the fighting's finished the fighting for this kid's over it's already over all we're gonna do now is just go in there and receive this baby and we went in there, and it probably wasn't even like an hour or something. One push, and the baby just was here. It was the it was the weirdest thing, wasn't it, Allison? It was just like, okay, there it is. <laughs> which is which ain't normal, but you know what? Hey, listen, li listen. Somebody needs to hear that today. You know, somebody needs to hear that today in regards to your baby, your pregnancy, whatever it is you're asking God for. And I, I, I remember that. And I asked her, I said, is this what I said to you? She said, that's what you said. And I just remembered that that was exactly uh, the peace that God put on my heart. That we had fought, we had labored, we had fasted, we had prepared, and we were ready for the outpouring of our promise. And, you know, baby girl Remy showed up completely healthy, didn't have to go to the hospital despite she was about the size of a peanut. And, um, and all was well. And all was well. And uh, I was excited because I was like, I'm about to eat. And the Lord was like, nope. And, and I fasted another 48 hours. And uh, so it was about, I guess, about two weeks. And then, uh, and then actually, Sarah, you came over and uh, you were there to see the baby. And I said, the Lord has released me from the fast. I'm going to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> And that is the Lord's chicken. That's exactly that's exactly what I did. And then I came back with so much chicken, couldn't even eat half of it. But man, that was a that was a glorious day. And that's exactly what we're going to experience on the last service that we have right here. I know we've said it's a 21 day fast. We're starting today. Maybe it's a 19 day fast. I don't know. You be led of the spirit. But on that 19th day, guys, we're going to be right here with Andy Bird with the send. We're going to be in this room, and we're going to anoint everybody that shows up personally, lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, because we're going to proclaim, we prepared. Yeah. We prepared. Yeah. Now, God, yeah. 21 yeah. is a year of inhabitation and unprecedented intimacy. We prepared, we prepared, and we're ready for the outpouring. Amen? Are you ready for the outpouring? It's time for us to prepare. Let's stand and pray as we close today. Lord, we thank you so much for the invitation to prepare. We thank you for what Joel said, that you would take 
the former rain and the latter rain and you would pour out over your people in such abundance that you would exceed our experiences and you would exceed our expectations. So Lord, blow our experiences out of the water. Blow our experiences out of the water. Church, your high watermark in God is not the three, first three months after your salvation. I know you were on fire then, but you think you were fired up for Jesus when you first got saved. You haven't seen nothing yet. It's time to prepare for the fire. We are, we're going to fast because, God, we want to be on fire fast. And we're going to do anything that it takes. We want to be hungrier for you. We want to be hungrier for you, Lord. Make us hungry for you in this season, God. As we embark upon this fast, Lord, I pray over every single person in this room that is, uh, that's going after you with fasting, God. I declare over their life that they will be kept safe by the hand of the Almighty. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I declare encounters. I declare prophetic words. I declare prophetic promises. I declare dreams and visions. Lord, I pray over their devotional time that it would be power-packed, God, that it would be soul-shaking, Lord, that their heart would be transformed in this season, Lord. You are going to exceed our expectations through this fast, and we receive your words over this season. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we expect. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.